wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words. I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang. I was told when I get older all my fears would shrink, but now I'm insecure. And I care what all right, gentlemen. This is this is what we like to call the episode after episode 169. It's a big one. Got two two jokes out of that that number. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a fuel mileage situation. You know, we we were uh, we were in the position that the 42 was in. We had enough gas to get to the end. Felt like everybody else might needed to pit one more time for fuel. Yeah. But then sometimes the hand of God steps in and and yanks victory from your clutches. Well, and speaking of the Lord, this is the official faith-based podcast of the Dallas North Tollway. That's right. At Where to Turn Pod on Twitter, all three of the principal combatants are here today. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy Two underscore Zero. Uh, you can find me. At Glenn three underscore eleven, and what are you drinking out of that large mug? This is what we like to call an unfiltered wheat beer. It looks like a a Uh-oh. beer milkshake. Yeah, it looks very Harry Potter butter beer. <laughs> Let's just say if you ordered this at a bar, it might have come with an orange slice. Oh, I <laughs> well, you're in the right month, I guess. <laughs> and it's and funny am, that you should bring that up. We'll let Dave introduce himself. I'm sorry, Dave. That's all right. I'm point break underscore Dave on Twitter. Well, I wasn't planning to go here off the top of the show, but it was a perfect segue. We didn't plan this. It's just, an, I mean, we, it's just a large mug. I mean, it, get, it gets attention. Like, you walk into a room with that thing, uh, people know that you mean business. And believe me, when I walk in a room, people know I mean business. My middle name is business. We just got back. This is not, for those of you who've listened to a lot of our shows, this is not going to be a vacation episode. I'll warn you now, this is going to be quick. But we did just get back from a beach vacation and on the way into town. So we, we drove to the beach. We stopped at the grocery store right before we got to our residence. And I bought a case of Blue Moon beers, the official beer of beach vacation. 12 cans in a case. When I left to come home five days later, I brought 12 cans of Blue Moon <laughs> home with me. And that is a microcosm for how this trip went. Oh, for me. no. Wow. More Nelson Cruz fly ball situations? Or what are we talking here? No, no, nothing like that. Okay. Believe me, if that had happened, I would have canceled the podcast because I had I had committed to myself. If that ever happens to me again, then that's it. <laughs> I'm going out. No, we went to a place. Uh, are you familiar with the term? If I threw out this slang terminology, are you familiar with 30A? Uh, no, that doesn't sound familiar. No, Dave, I, does this I, ring a bell to you? I fly first class. So. <laughs> Speaking Not familiar of, with a speaking with a of first 30. class. <laughs> now that I've enlightened you guys to this, this will be a this will be a good podcast bet. Before we record again, you will have come in contact with the 30A bumper sticker on a car. You will now notice this because they do exist. 
Okay, now just I feel like circle. I have seen that. Yeah, now it says 30A, and there's like a the zero's a sun. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of light blue background. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've seen this. So 30A is the name of a stretch of road that runs along the beach on the uh, on the Gulf Coast of Florida. So if you think about Florida, you've got kind of like the big dong that hangs down. This would be like more where the balls. Well, no, actually, I guess like the hair, like the pubic hair would be. Lee, this guy goes to Florida and he's out of control. (laughs) If only there was already a term like the panhandle for that part of Florida. That's the word I was looking for. You see, this is why we do this show. is We help each other. We build each other up. Like That's why there's only one set of footprints when we do this show. What they've done in the panhandle, which has mixed reputations depending on where exactly in the pan you are, they've created a stretch called 30A, which is probably roughly 20 or 30 miles. I'm just ballparking it here of all these little seaside towns. And what it essentially is, is they've taken where I live now, Franklin, and they said, what if we made a place that was even wider? And put it next to water. Is that possible? And moved it to the beach with sand. Could we do this? So, There's a funny... Sounds uh, like yes. If you, I'll, I'll recommend this. The embattled comedian John Christ used to be very popular. Then he had some unfortunate rape allegations. And uh, now he's making a comeback. Check out his social media feed. He just posted a 30A video that's pretty funny. Uh, I'll recommend that. Not recommend anything he's done prior to that outside of the comedy space because we, we don't endorse that. Yeah, you're not going to recommend of course we don't. text messages he may have sent to employees or just random younger no, women? And, yeah, and, and you know, telling people that vodka was water. and we're not gonna, I don't recommend any of that. In fact, I, this is a bold statement I'm going to take right now. I'm against that. Hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go really bold. Well, that is. But thirty A is an amazing place. I highly recommend it. You probably want to talk to your financial advisor before going down there because things have been priced accordingly. <laughs> if you want to keep the riffraff out, there is a, a premium that needs to be paid. Okay. Okay. Encountered some uh, restaurants where the uh, kids' menu featured a fillet. That's not a. That's not a rib. That actually happened, and yeah. my progeny ordered it, so I was equally proud and dismayed at the same time. <laughs> it was a great, it was a great trip. Uh, the reason I didn't drink any of the beers is because, if, if you guys know, you have young kids. I, I was under the delusion that I would take my young kids to the beach and then I would sit in a chair and under the umbrella and drink beers and and relax. And that that, that couldn't have been further from what actually happened. You know, you're chasing people all over the place trying to keep them from drowning trying to keep them from get lost yeah the ocean uh, ocean can be pretty dangerous there when you take a beach vacation don't take the kids Mm. yeah no that's good would you guys like to see a picture of me shirtless (laughs) look at that sunburn my goodness that's pretty intense there isn't it? it look like a lobster yeah 
That's what happens when you go to the beach planning to sit under an umbrella and drink beer all day and you end up chasing your kids in the sun all day. I like, I like how he offered, gave us the option to see him shirtless, but gave us no option to actually answer or time to answer. Would you like to see this? Medium. You're looking at it. It was the John Christ of, of offers. So the third day we ventured outside of 30A and we drove into Panama City and that would be more like the Duncanville if they moved Duncanville to a beach that would be more that would be more uh that speed huh okay i've just just painting a picture just a mental picture for you guys okay here's where the controversy of the trip mixes in so we stayed at a i guess you would call it a condo it was three bedrooms but it was part of a bigger complex it wasn't detached we were on the second floor ample space big living area screened in patio all the amenities even had the hole drilled in the door (laughs) we uh the first night in 38 obviously has the reputation as being a very docile family oriented destination. This is not known as a party destination. This is not a spring break destination. We apparently were joined next to the uh, only people who didn't get that memo. Mm. And the finish out in this condo was very nice. Hardwood floors, granite countertops. Apparently they saved money by making the walls out of paper. (laughs) They couldn't, they couldn't just use high-end construction costs across the board. So that's where they cut the cost. Our master bedroom, the headboard, was directly opposite the, uh, their living room in the condo next door. So uh, night one was unbearable. My, my wife, she retreated to a different room in the middle of the night. And to be clear, that was because of the noise and not anything else that was going on. <laughs> so is the noise just... Uh we're we talking loud music. Are we talking just loud? Yeah. So talking? we had some. We had some music. We had probably, I would guess, you know, eight or more people crowded into this room. Youths, teens, teens. Okay. Youths. A lot of loud talking. A lot of loud laughing. Just general jackassery. And this was this went on until about three thirty in the morning. You know, wife retreated to the other room. I I went with the very controversial. Uh, found a a white noise app on my phone, and then turned it up all the way and then put my phone on the bed next to my ear <laughs> and was finally able to get to sleep that way. So next morning we uh were enraged. You know, we we didn't we didn't pay for this. Wife texts the uh the uh owner of the condo and and uh, trying to figure out, you know, what's your recourse here? You, so this happens the next night, what do we do? And we're told that the policy there is you call the sheriff. That is that there's no on-site custodian, no enforcer. You can't call the four horsemen, nothing like that. Okay. So, you know, big boss man comes down from Cobb County, Georgia. Right. Yeah, I did not bring Omas with us on the trip. (laughs) He was not available. Was there any thought on night one, say it's two in the morning, to go ahead and Stroll down the hallway and give their door four or five real firm knocks and say, hey, kids, can you can you cut it out? <laughs> Do you see how badly I'm sunburned? 
So this is what I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, you you couldn't have led this in better. I feel like, and again, I mean no offense, but I feel like you're married to somebody who would have done that within five minutes. Like there would have been zero. It would have been. It would have been. It would have happened within the first five minutes. Uh, that's yeah. That's uh, is that fairly accurate? It's pretty accurate. It's also very possible that within those five to ten minutes, I would have just been asleep anyway. <laughs> so I would have never known about any of this. We we had a debate. So I'm I'm noted pacifist of the show. I don't believe Dave is. I think Dave secretly wants to have somebody try him at any point in time. I'm always ready to put someone in the label lock. <laughs> right. I mean, that's why he was wearing the Stars and Bars tank top at the Circuit of the Americas, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> he was over at the 23XI racing trailer challenging anyone to come out. I they did. I opted. Hands. I opted not to the first night and um, gave it some thought, but I, I just really did not want to get into a confrontation with a bunch of drunk teenagers. I just, it just felt like a can't win situation because how often does that situation end with me banging on the door and them going, "Oh, we're so sorry, sir. Let us disband our party that we're all having a great time with girls." And we'll be very quiet so you can go to sleep. Is that realistically ever going to happen? Probably Honestly, not. Honestly, given the ages, I would say the most likely outcome, and this is probably 90%, is you go over there knocking the door. They're probably somewhat cordial to your face. Like, oh, yeah, we'll try to keep it down. And then you leave, and then they all laugh and are even louder. Yeah. I think that- that's what happens. That was kind of the deduction I came to. And then I feel like on the opposite end of that spectrum and the more likely outcomes is uh, I end up getting in some kind of fight, altercation, there's an arrest. There's not a good outcome. Or even if you call the sheriff, like in the very minuscule chance, but you call the sheriff and then there ends up being some kind of incident and then you're the guy who called the cops. And I'll, I'll, Are you talking about like a Botham Jean type incident? I, well, I mean, they would have known which room they were going to, but other than that, that's you know that's the track I'm headed down. And all of a sudden, yeah. there are you know there's there are demonstrations down the 30A, and it always kind of loops back to your your file photo as the guy who called the cops because your <laughs> because your white noise app wasn't working. <laughs> Yeah. Then, so, so that yeah. So I, I feel like we're generally in agreement then that that that's how I chose to play it on night one. So on night on night two, did you knock and they opened and you're just crisscross sitting in the floor like Alistair Black, <laughs> just waiting. Well, night night two. Well, well, day two, I got to look at, at actually got to look at what was inside of the room, and it was at that point that I realized that it was mainly comprised of people that would be fighting in the light heavyweight or cruiserweight division. There was there was not this was this was not the starting five. This is not the offensive line in there. These are some guys that were going to be trying yeah trying some high flying maneuvers, Canadian destroyers, things like that. You know. So I, I felt a little more emboldened on night two. Well, here's the problem. Night two, we hear them. They're talking. There's no music. And it's because our bed is next to their wall. 
but they're they're talking at the level we're talking on the podcast. And at this this night, my wife's like, "You need to go over there and do something." I'm like, "I don't think I can because if I call the sheriff, he's gonna say, "What are they doing?" And I'm gonna say, "Yeah, they're sitting on their couch having a conversation." So I don't think that's I, I don't think that warrants um, police activity. Quick question. At any point, did you and Mrs. Tommy look at each other and be like, the fact that we can hear them probably means they can hear us? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's why I had, to put the, I had to put the ball gag in. <laughs> what did she wear? <laughs> but, yeah, so anyways, the, the, uh, the end result was... The, the rest of the trips, while Miss Tommy retreated to the other room every night, we, we, we did avoid confrontation and never did call the sheriff. And then were roundly criticized by the owner of the condo for not doing it because apparently this has been an ongoing issue. And she had called the sheriff on them multiple times in the past and was on, dis- so disappointed that we had... Well, yeah, that's, that's the situation is that they're apparently the kids of the owner of the condo and they go there and party during different times. And I guess have crossed paths with the owner of our condo on other wow. occasions. So it's a known commodity. And what she was trying to do, we found out after the fact is trying to build a case with the HOA to um, either evict or somehow censure these people for their, for their kids. Because according to her, and again, this is somebody that's biased to 38, said that's the only bad party unit in the whole complex, and it just happens to be next to the one we rented. So I feel like uh, that person's maybe a flawed guy. They don't tell you up front, like, hey, by the way. Oh, yeah, we won't be, uh, we won't be staying back. And, and uh, the one-star review, hey, Tommy's not afraid to snipe from the, from the safety of his computer screen. <laughs> Has to be I'm done. I'm a keyboard warrior. That's right. Yeah, I'm a keyboard warrior. But when oh. it comes time to man up and face somebody man to man, that's when I shrink into the sidelines. <laughs> that's when you, you know what, I'm going to talk about this on my podcast a week or two from now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to spend 18 minutes talking about how I didn't do anything. And how this is not going to be a vacation episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, pull us out of the ditch, Point Break Dave. I I feel like you've had some interesting interfacings lately. I feel like uh, I feel like we need to get to the the three running three wide trip is probably where we need to go. Yeah, and we did cover on the last podcast my travel woes, so that was not resolved. I did have to fly in day of, but you missed out. Glenn and I, uh, Glenn came in the evening before. Had some nice, uh, nice hot chicken for him when he showed up. Nice tumble twenty-two. And Glenn, I believe that what you had done prior that day and the next morning uh, also may have uh, may have been dicey. Yeah. So I, I did get a as I was just careening down thirty-five. I did get a message from Point Break Dave that you know said, "Hey, did you?" Uh, or basically, like, we'll grab dinner for you. Is is this pl- this place is you know chicken sandwiches or something like that? You know, it's good. Trust me. Um, and you know, he's trying to clarify the order and everything. He didn't really mention that it was hot chicken, but that's okay. 
but I did I did uh, get my order put in. But right before I had left, uh, we'd had baseball that day, and it kind of skipped lunch. So around two o'clock or so, there was a Whataburger run, which I went ahead and went. Uh, yeah, let's get the jalapeno and oh, cheese yeah. combo for sure. And then, so I inhale that, drive down Austin Way, and then get to uh, Dave Manor, where once I got settled in, food was finally delivered. <laughs> it took about like an hour and a half, apparently. And boy, that was some spicy chicken, for sure. <laughs> Wait a minute, is, are, is this going to some kind of things not going well? In the bathroom story? Well, I, you know, um, I think what I told Dave the next day was uh, got up in the morning. I had my own accommodations, obviously. You know, this is, a, this is a large venue we're dealing with here, so I have my own bathroom. It basically felt like I had... S- <laughs> By the time I walked into the kitchen, it felt like I'd been sitting on a hot stove for about half an hour. <laughs> This is all unbeknownst to me. So he walks in the kitchen and I got him a nice pre-workout. Oh, oh yeah, that's go. exactly what I feel like that. They just released a, a study in the American Journal of Medicine that said to to uh, treat irritable bowel syndrome pre-workout shake. It's proven. <laughs> it's a proven cure. Boy, that's that's just standard. Uh, you get up at Dave's house, you walk into the kitchen and there's a guy in a tank top with a smile on his face. He just pushes the cup of purple liquid over to you and says, drink that. So not since Jim Jones has that line been uttered with so much conviction. And I did without even raising a question. I immediately consumed that and a couple of, uh, of the many cookies that I consumed that weekend. We could do a whole episode on you... Two clowns eating all my cookies. And then we were, those were really good. Those were we really were good. off to the gym. Yeah, it was it was good times. I haven't got to work out with Glenn since uh, since the Houston Royal Rumble, but uh, we went in. We uh, bumped fists like the Shield, and we lifted uh, all the weights. All but of we them. we ran into a possible uh, WWE superstar at the check in desk. <laughs> yeah, we did. When the extremely almost real Liv Morgan was working the desk. I'm talking like impeccable resemblance. And her name was Liv. Liz. <laughs> and her name was Liv. Oh my gosh. Yes. That was just the first of many wrestling encounters <laughs> from the weekend. So completely unintended and we didn't prompt any of this exactly yeah we went to the had a nice uh trip to the gym and then it was uh it's time to get dressed for for nascar and oh where do we have to go on the way to the track we got to go to the airport to pick somebody else up luckily the airport is basically in the infield of the track they are very close but no one has been more put out by getting door-to-door service than Tommy. Like, we're getting there, you know, a few minutes after his plane is supposed to land. The plane gets in early, and he's calling us, Hey, where are you guys? I'm standing out here on the sidewalk. Well, I mean, I feel like 
Well, I understand, though. It's not like they have uh, a device that tells you exactly what time the plane's going to land. Updated we in real time. It's like that doesn't exist. You know, if they invented that, I would, I would, I would agree that, that I might have a complaint. There's another um, problem we were dealing with, and uh, that problem is up in the sky, and it wasn't a plane. <laughs> it was what we would call cloud cover. Yeah, and, and low cloud precipitation, cover, dark clouds, precipitation, and we knew going in that there this was a risk. So we were we were prepared. You know, we had brought our rain jackets. We knew this. We knew this could happen. But it's NASCAR, man. They're running on a road course. They have rain tires. This is not unheard of. This is there is precedent for this. So we get out there. Dave we, uh, immediately tries to park in a lot that is reserved uh, only for the okay. Uber rich. And now, exclusive. as as Dave's representation here, there was a lot of urging from the back seat of, "Hey, don't <laughs> don't get in this line for the free parking." Go ahead to the reserved up there in lot D and just and just and just drive in and just act like we know where we're going. Or we'll just be able to buy a parking pass. I felt like there was a pretty good chance that we could buy our way into this. When we pulled in there and that guy looked at us, I was like, This is not happening. <laughs> it was a bizarre I mean, I guess it was just tied to like the sweet tickets or whatever but that morning when uh glenn and i got back from the gym i was looking on the app and i had looked on the app earlier in the week trying to find parking passes couldn't find them so incorrectly assumed that you could buy them at the gate and that was not the case <laughs> that was not it the was case. not and about this time the the traffic was getting pretty dense. So this this probably cost us a solid 15 minutes this maneuver to turn back around and boy we got turned around fast. That guy was that guy was not having any of our attempts to <laughs> yeah. sweet talk our way in there. That was but not We've happening. already we've already waited more or less in one line for the to get into the to the general parking lot and then we veered out of it and went ahead a little bit and then we had to turn around and basically just <laughs> reset and wait in the same line again just going in the other yeah. in the other direction so then we okay so then we pull into the general lot and our our conversation around this whole time is it's going to rain today and maybe a little and maybe a lot but this is pretty much all just grass parking, and it, the the yeah. the ground is already pretty saturated. Like you can see, some people parked, and they've got a back tire that's already sunk down a little bit, and they've got like that one front tire just just barely grasping on to a little bit of, of asphalt or something. So our conversations are am, we're going to get stuck. Yeah, I am the odd man out on this podcast, as I do not have a pickup truck so us getting stuck in even slight rain was most likely going to happen and it was definitely going to happen with the rain we got yeah and the car dave drives while it's very nice four-wheel drive is not in its wheelhouse no it may have three letters in the name of it (laughs) but it doesn't have a four wd on the painted on the back of it but Despite the earlier misstep with parking, we lucked into 
probably about the best setup we could in general parking. Yeah, it seemed like maybe there was some critical thinking happening at some level of the parking operation, and they had started to bring in the latecomers to the parking lot right onto the access concrete roads, probably in an effort to get as many people off the grass as possible, because we all knew what was going to happen. So yeah, we we threw out, uh, despite our, uh, our failed attempt to secure prime parking, we lucked our way into a perfect all four wheels on the concrete straight shot out uh, when the day's over. And we had no idea what we were driving into either. Like we were just kind of pull, pulling no. ahead, and then, and then we realize. I think we realize as we're we're being motioned forward, and then the car in front of us stops, which is not abnormal. But it stops, and then everybody gets out of it. <laughs> we're, like, Wait. And we're like, well, I guess this is where we're stopping. So what a stroke of luck that was. That was clutch, definitely. So we had to make a fairly long walk over to. To turn 15 out at Coda. It was, and, and I, you know, realized immediately that the footwear I had gone with that day was terrible for slogging through the muddy grass. My socks and feet were already, like, soaked before we even got into the track. And yeah, it was a long haul over to turn 15, but let me tell you, turn 15 offered a great vantage to the track. So if you're looking uh, at buying tickets to see an event at Coda... And provided that event is not a concert in the amphitheater, I would recommend Turn 15. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Turn 15 and Turn 12 might be our target uh, if they race there next year. So we got to our seats uh, just in time for them. So we had missed qualifying. I think that took place while we were uh, the Benny Hill song was playing and we were driving <laughs> around the parking lot. They were running an exhibition. I don't know if, it, if even exhibition is the right word. They were running a, a series of, uh, I guess, Lamborghinis, right? Yeah. I don't know my hypercars. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Yes. I think that's safe. But it was the very unstable, uh, timed 50-minute race. So there, there was no set number of laps they were trying to achieve. They were going to race until this timer expired at 50 minutes extremely unstable <laughs> rules for for a, for a race of any kind but they were able to execute this event uh completely dry everything was uh everything was track was in good condition you know we had discovered at this point you know our seats were great the only slightly aggravating thing about our seats was the presence of the rich phillips of austin oh <laughs> I believe his name was Jose. Is that correct? I don't know. I think it was just Ricardo Phillips on that, <laughs> on that given day. But they had a guy that was kind of like a cross between Rich Phillips, Rutledge Wood, and Grand Metalik. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he hadn't had time to record too many bits, so they had about four that they just kept playing over and over again. And it's the really unstable... I mean, you guys know, it's basically like what Noxie used to have to do in the Ranger game. It's find somebody that's somewhat overly excited to be on TV, ask them generic questions, and then get them to shout or yell or scream or do a woohoo or yahoo or whatever, whatever the gimmick was. And they had the volume turned up 
so that if we were running, you know, four wide top fuel dragsters down the back stretch, we could still hear the radio. I mean, that's what that's that's the level of volume they'd selected for this event. Well, well, you know, you you have to hear him ask people, "Are you excited about racing?" <laughs> and ask like an eight-year-old girl, which car are you rooting for? And she's like, the blue one. Well, and they were all bits from like the Friday and Saturday. It wasn't from that day because yeah. it was raining. So I guess they can't have him out because God forbid this guy gets electrocuted. But then they showed. So do you remember the one lady, the kind of, uh, the kind of uh, wheels off lady that actually did cop to who her favorite driver was and what an unstable choice that was. Ricky Stenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> who are you pulling for? And if you'd have given me a million guesses, I would have never guessed that this lady would have gone with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. You're like, she's the one. She's his one fan. And, and Jose Phillips found her. Uh, we got to see him. Uh, we got to see Ricardo Phillips score a goal and celebrate it like I think 17 and a half times during the course of the day <laughs> and it was unimpressive every single time yeah they had a soccer field as part of the complex and yeah either Friday or Saturday he went out there and did a bit and as Tommy mentioned there was maybe four or five pre-recorded bits and every single one you're like it can't get worse <laughs> and then it did <laughs> So that was bad. This facility is just phenomenal. Like, it's so. I want to cool. go see just, everything race there. Just <laughs> absolutely blown away by the magnitude. the The food options were outstanding. I mean, we could have we could have eaten probably a week's worth of meals there and never never had to go back to Biggio's we once. Need, I mean, we even had the idea of why aren't they running five Ks there for charity? They should. I know. It was it was a great it was a great facility. Now, for some reason they didn't get around to finishing the bathrooms. I don't know what that was about. Feels like they had a building for everything except going number one. I just realized I use a porta potty every single time. That was the only option though. That was oh yeah, no, it option. was. They had the unstable just banks and banks of porta potties. Didn't you have a bad experience in one at one point? Well, I selected one that had been profusely vomited in but i had to go real bad and the problem was the area where we were at and you get to the line of porta potties that there was two or three that were on like concrete or gravel and the rest you had to get some boots on to go through the two feet of mud so yeah. i opened the door and i'm like well i can stand in this vomit or i can go through the mud I'm just going to stand in the vomit. But the problem was get in there and shut the doors. I can smell it the whole time. God, that's, I would have, I would have, I would have bailed on that. So quick. I had to pee real bad. I had, I had a few, <laughs> I had a few cocktails. You so know, for those is bad when you're expecting like a, just, you know, cinder block walls and a trough. And then you get to the bathroom, you're like, you're disappointed by what's actually there. It's even worse than what you were expecting. Right. Yeah, maybe we should send old Bruton Smith the schematics from Devil's Ball. Be like, look, you just need some cinder blocks, a hole. <laughs> you can take care of this. But yeah, you know the the food was great. They had ample cocktails. Twenty dollars for a double shot cocktail, though. I mean, come on. Uh, sixteen. 
Trust me, I bought at, at least <laughs> at least four of them. So that that was my the first. Uh, well, our logic was uh, Dave and I talked the night before they were on a road course, and we weren't sure the situation. And and obviously, it's a three and some odd mile course. You you can't see the cars the whole time. So we were thinking, okay, well, we might need to rent some scanners to get the radio broadcast and just follow what's going on. Well, when we get there and we first get to our seats, I mean, the speaker with like more or less the play-by-play for the race is like right in front of us. So there's no need for a scanner. And And a TV. And a TV. And those were at least 50 or 60 bucks to rent. So the immediate thought is we've X'd out scanners. All that did was just move that much money over into the cocktail budget. (laughs) And that was executed. The great thing about the cocktails there was you'd get to have some nice wrestling talk (laughs) as you ordered your cocktail. As I'm waiting for for Dave to get back to our seats before the before the race starts and I'm like, What what is in this? He's standing there for like five minutes straight. Yeah, I uh was wearing my undisputed era T shirt and sure enough the guy mixing up our drinks, uh Big fan of wrestling. He wanted to talk. He also, when we went back later, I asked him if he was going to be at Money in the Bank. And he said, I will see you there. At which point I asked, oh, you're going to make me a margarita there too. Yeah, the life of privilege. We even got the, uh, uh, we even got an Adam Cole, Bay Bay reference on the way out of there from different people. Which... Yeah, which we don't even know why, because by this point, as we'll cover in a minute, we were very well covered up. There was no visible wrestling t-shirts at this point. So if yeah. some guy just felt the need to yell that out during uh, during just normal parking lot hours. So, hey, two thumbs up to that guy. Hey, I, we got, let's be honest, though. The, there's a lot of overlap in the Venn diagram of NASCAR and wrestling. Oh, Without a lot. Question. <laughs> so, before the the big race began, we did have one incident that I was not a witness to, and I was in the vomit potty, and yeah. I walk back. Well, you were both you were both gone. Oh, okay. You were now that was when yes. we were having undisputed era talk, and I was I was standing yeah, there that... holding my pizza that was the size of a ten gallon hat, <laughs> and well worth it by the way. But um. Yeah, so Tommy, yeah. tell us your so, story. So in our section, there was one real Bubba Wallace fan and then Glenn posing as a Bubba Wallace fan. Okay, now I, I can't change everything. I can only change my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, real Bubba Wallace fan sitting just kind of down into the left from where we are, he uh, he looked to be a, a a man that I would be friends with. He, he, was, he was a true... NASCAR fan. He was there to have a good time. I I, uh, I stand in solidarity with him. We raise our fists together. To my right, there was a guy that looked like he was there to uh, try to have the sheriff called on him. <laughs> and he loudly stood up and dropped the most offensive of, of terms. Uh, the one that will get you fired. Mm. He, the one that you don't want to tweet. Mm. And uh, I couldn't believe it. It was it was shockingly loud. And uh, but it was not directed 
No, it was not directed at this individual, but when it was uttered, this individual just kind of calmly just slumped his shoulders, got up, walked out. And what I noticed is the offending party was very shortly removed from the grandstands after that and not to be seen again that day. So kudos to Coda fan protection policy and uh and to my friend who did come back and uh and watch the 23 xi racing team uh finish in the uh bottom hey uh half of the field he was in <laughs> 10 laps in he was in third place and things were trending very nicely all the DraftKings lineups we had were looking oh, good yeah. But what a great what a great event! So the the race starts and it, you're very very exciting. The the first uh, time they dive into turn twelve and then around to turn fifteen and we're we're just we're all geeked because we're we're in the part of the track where the action's going to happen. And lap one completes, lap two completes, and as lap two is completing, we start to notice some pretty substantial precipitation. And it gets worse and then the leaders start to pit for rain tires and Ross Chastain's trying to make it work on the original tires and it's getting worse and it's getting worse and it's getting worse. And, uh, at one point Dave and I even had to go, we had to go to the, uh, souvenir stand, secure those just plastic bags that you put over your head. And, uh, just to our, even our rain gear was starting to get soaked and it was a, uh, it was a brutal day. Uh, of us there absorbing the rain and ended up being uh, a couple of pretty serious accidents. Martin Truex um, basically tried to uh, end his racing career prematurely. <laughs> there was a uh, a red flag at one point. They resumed racing. The the racers that you know, based on the uh, narrative from the the uh, commentary that we were listening to, are all complaining that there's zero visibility. The rooster tails that are coming up from behind the cars are making it impossible to see and what was there about 15 to go yeah they uh they summon everybody to pit lane and that's when we looked at each other and we said guys they ain't restarting this thing yeah my i was uh doing constant weather research throughout the race and had projected that the race would be called somewhere in the 50 lap range and i think around 54 is where they stopped it and turns out the projections were were correct now the only good thing was it wasn't really a it wasn't a downpour and it wasn't a cold rain like it wasn't really uncomfortable it was more just kind of annoying pleasant yeah but it was just and i don't think any of us realized till we finally got up to go to the car how wet we all got right because yeah when I was sitting there under my plastic bag and kind of had, you know, all was positioned well, I didn't really notice as much. I mean, and like you said, it was comfortable. And there were stretches when the racing was really good and the race was shaping up to be an exciting finish because there was there was a fuel mileage strategy in play and there was there was a lot of things that would have made the finish very exciting. So we you know, we were starting to starting to really uh, get jazzed about where this was headed, and then it's just it's just like everything gets yanked out from under you at once, and the race gets red flag. It was just convenient when they did it right after Chase Elliott assumed the lead, which <laughs> was a whole nother Twitter narrative of basically you know it was like the Montreal screw job of uh, NASCAR. 
and we waited. We were not going to leave, so we were going to wait in, until they called the race. So as it got later, people were starting to file out, and then when they red flagged the race, I, I think that was kind of the mass exodus. We were going to wait, and it was probably not too long, 10 or 15 minutes before they canceled it, but what we realized after the fact was everybody else that stayed in the stands were all of Chase Elliott's fans. Everybody else had left. So when they said the race was canceled, the eruption of (laughs) cheers from the stands was amazing. And then as we were walking out, every single shirt had a number nine on the back of it. So how many – I don't know if you've looked this up, but I have. How many people do you think were in attendance – that day i i have not looked it up so i have no frame of reference i think the front stretch was pretty packed i'm gonna go with thirty-five thousand. okay dave you have a take the over or under on thirty-five thousand. i'll say under okay so they haven't released a specific number but they the range is between 45 to fifty thousand people were there that day wow i only say wow. that because They've had somewhere in the range of 120,000 people there for Formula One. I cannot imagine what the parking situation is for one of those (laughs) Well, considering it took us conservatively an hour and a half to get out of the parking lot. If we, I can't imagine trying to file 120,000 people. Formula One, it's probably more they're just all getting in their helicopters and (laughs) flying out of there. It's true. If we go to that in October, like getting there, we're going to have to, I think we're just going to have to get up at like seven or eight in the morning and just drive out there and just, and just get that case of blue moon and finally finish it off. <laughs> well, I've got 11 of them left if you guys want any. So we're leaving the track. We, it takes us a while to get out. I mean, it's a cluster. There's no other way to say it. There was, and, and this is where there was a moment that I was eyeing the line of storage <laughs> units if I had to get out and run to go pee. Yeah, and Glenn, you know, Glenn, as he, he's, we've seen in Baltimore and other places, you know, he he was right on the verge of having a good time. I didn't realize it until we got to the car and I sat down. Because I think you're outside. I mean, there's NASCAR racing going on in front of you. It's raining and all that. The adrenaline's pumping. Uh, you know, I was... <laughs> double fisting cocktails and drinking them fast because I didn't want the rain to get in them. But it wasn't until we got back to the car and I sat down and then I was like, Oh, wait a second. (laughs) Something's not, this is not completely okay. So I think, I think at this point we were all, we were all realizing that it was time for food and we felt like, what better way to cap off this day than with the official food of being 27? <laughs> so get some wings. Which, so Dave has put in the GPS. He's pointed the car towards Buffalo Wild Wings. And um, we're, we're, we've got NBA playoff games that are going to be on. And we're, we're ready to, we're, we're ready to uh, just end the night in a strong fashion. So we arrive at Buffalo Wild Wings. Now, mind you, we've just been out at Dakota with 50,000 people. We've been in tight confines. The idea that there was even a pandemic that had happened was f- the farthest thing from our mind. Yeah, not a, well, we walk, not a mass inside. <laughs> yeah, so we walk into Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, since I had had the luxury of being picked up so promptly at the airport, 
I still had my mask in my back pocket that I had had to wear on the plane. So we walk in there, and the, the waitress kind of gives me the look and is like, hey, you know, points at her face, like, hey, we need masks here. And I said, oh, yeah, no problem. I throw mine on. Well, I turn around, and I see my two <laughs> compatriots kind of standing there sheepishly like, well, well, we'll be fine. Well, this lady was not having any of it. This is, mind you, this is Buffalo Wild Wings here. This is not a, you know, it's not like we're at a Beto rally or something. I mean, and it's Buffalo Wild Wings. Also, it's a Buffalo Wild Wings with maybe five other people right. in the entire restaurant. I feel like we were, uh, I don't think I've ever been discriminated against, but I don't think we were welcome there. I'm just going to say it. We were. No, and, and then I turned at Glenn, who, you know, mind you, has to pee <laughs> and is also about, you know, six cocktails into the day. He's pulled his shirt up over his nose and mouth. <laughs> so he's got his little head poking out like a turtle. <laughs> She's like, and this lady's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, well, you're not a, are you a scientist? Are you a virologist? All of a sudden you're telling me that this is not effective. I still had to go to the bathroom, though. So so he peels off and goes to the bathroom. Well, Dave, we thought, was going to look for a mask, but he's just decided to go sit in his car because the new plan is, hey, you, Tommy, who's the only one with a mask, get a table, and then I'll just blow in there so fast they won't know what happened and get to the table where they're not going to require me to wear a mask and everything will be fine. That's so I, a solid plan. plan. Foolproof plan. Well, I walk Except. out. I walk out of the bathroom, and you guys are not to be found. <laughs> yeah. Except Glenn had to go number two. Well, that's not true. <laughs> he was in the bathroom for about ten minutes, and in that ten minutes, or in that eight minutes, uh, my presence was never acknowledged in the restaurant with four people. And I, at that point, realized I start looking around, and nobody's got food on their table. I don't really see anybody working there, and I'm starting to put this together. And I'm, I'm thinking. This is not going to end well for anybody here. We need to go find alternate accommodations. So I head to the car, forget to tell Glenn where I'm going. So he's wandering around with his shirt over his head. <laughs> Glenn's in there with his shirt pulled up doing the Travolta Pulp Fiction, like looking around. <laughs> I did. I did walk out, and you guys weren't standing there. So I was like, well, they have a table. And I, I walked not around the entire <laughs> venue but a good part of it and then i circled back and it was actually the lady who was waiting this entire time for her to to go order and she just points outside (laughs) i was like okay well i guess they're not in here so we we went from the buffalo wild wings that was managed by grand metalik to one that was managed by aj styles where we were welcomed with open and, arms. Yes, and masks were not even considered, even remote possibility. Like, I could have gone... Once we got out to the suburbs. Yeah, and just coughed right in someone's face, and it would have just been like, <laughs> it's just freedom. We're just living life. <laughs> and it was we at this point... I guy run right in front of the road as we were trying to traverse to the other Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> And you guys got to see all the campsites. I'm not right. making that up, am I? Uh, no, I, if that was a uh, any type of tourism play for Austin, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> that was that was disturbing. Hey, and you want to hear some bad news? Uh oh. Remember how I told you they uh, everyone we had a vote, and one of the propositions was reinstating the camping ban, which passed. 
It's reinstated. Come to find out, that proposition had designated camping areas that are still allowed even under the band. So it's still it's still going on. Are these areas that are under bridges? Basically in the I mean cuz right now Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. They're not in the uh the Austin version of Highland Park. They're not the designated camping areas. But other areas that are maybe more like Garland, <laughs> they're like, yeah, you can go ahead and camp there. Unbelievable. <laughs> just, just the absolute disregard for his fellow man. Hmm. Speaking of disregard for your fellow man, I feel like it was late at our final destination dinner that I just threw out there like, hey, um, flight back early in the morning. One of you guys mind uh, driving me to the airport and... Things got very quiet very quick in that restaurant. <laughs> well, I at least asked the question of what time are we talking? And it started with a five. And basically, unless <laughs> unless you were literally on fire, I was not taking you anywhere. So, so here's I, what Tommy... Here, let's, let's level set here on Tommy. He gets picked up at the airport. Gets nice accommodations eats all my cookies, and then is like, hey, surely good old Point Break Dave will want to forgo his morning workout, get up at 5 to drive me an hour to the airport, then drive <laughs> back an hour to his house, and have to start working right away. That's what that's what Dave would want to do on this fine Monday morning. That's That's exactly how I had it played out of my head, but luckily... Uh, Amir with Uber was more than happy to do it for the low, low price of $91. Wow. What is going on in this city? There was no surge pricing, but there was no cars available that early in the morning. So I had to go for the, I don't know what it was called, the Lux version. It was the one right below black because that was the only car that was out there. Now, I did get to ride to the airport in an Infiniti SUV, so that was nice. But go. I would have gladly ridden in a Corolla uh, to save $91. You could have almost rented a vehicle for that much. I, I probably could have had Bubba Wallace pick me up for that much money in the 23XI <laughs> and take me to the airport. What Uber level would that have been? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not answering that question because oh. I know what you're trying to get me to say, and I'm not going to say it. Oh. I'm I'm not going to stoop to the level of your comment. Oh. Well, this was – and let's go back to the cookies because <laughs> these were, were so good. literally – first literally of the show, some of the best chocolate chip cookies I've had in some time, okay? I'd already had some throughout my stay. We get back on Sunday night. Tommy walks into the kitchen. You hear the – you know, whatever the dish that they're in, you hear the lid being pulled off and back on, you know, so you know where he's been. He walks back in as we're watching the NBA playoffs. He's like, oh, cool. Cookies. Why didn't you get any real sized ones? Because I guess they just weren't big enough. I'm a size guy. All right. Constantly complaining about everything. They were fantastic. And there was... 
I would say there were at least 50 of them sitting on that dish when, when I arrived on Saturday night. When I, when I left Monday morning, there were two. <laughs> I believe I even tweeted out a picture of that. I also, so Glenn, obviously, long day, Sunday. Glenn, you know, sleeping in a little bit, so I hear him stirring downstairs. I come downstairs I'm like, hey man, you want something to eat? <laughs> he turns around. He's got <laughs> two fists full of cookies. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. I think I'm gonna be all right. No, nah, man, I I um, I appreciate the accommodations. I headed out of there that morning. It was about a I don't know hour and a hour and a bit, hour and a half drive to the the Bucky's on 35 North where I got two breakfast burritos, which were extremely tasty, but I would regret about four that afternoon. And I can attest to that 100%. Yeah, and to really Tarantino this whole thing, that same night, so after my Uber ride and Glenn's burrito dilemma, that very night was the night of the infamous party that I didn't call the sheriff on. So I went from Austin, Texas to Nashville to Florida in one day. Man. People should be so lucky. Yes. No, they should. I lead a very blessed existence. I will say this. If Coda is on the NASCAR schedule next year, I mean, that is, that's, you're circling it in permanent marker because I am absolutely there. Yes. And I will be, I will be by your side and try to get my flight to come in on the right day for next year. Well, you gentlemen come at least a full day early and we will, uh, we'll get some golf in. Then we'll go out to the, the track. It'll be a good time. We just need weather on our side next time. Weather was uh, was definitely our adversary in in twenty twenty one. Indeed. All right. Well, anything else that we need to cover? Would you, since Dave brought it up, could I end the podcast with a short story related to golf? By all means. So. Memorial Day, Monday, day off from work. So freedom. This guy thought it was freedom just a isn't free. Day weekend. Yeah, freedom isn't free. I think we know that. <laughs> I uh, I found myself in and again. You know, we all play golf. Uh, there's different kinds of rounds of golf you can play. You can play rounds of golf with people where we're just having a good time and hey, hit another drive, kick that out of the rough. Don't don't hit that out of the sand. Move it. Or you play rounds of golf where you're being rather serious and competitive, and you know keeping dil- diligent score and playing for you know a few bucks. And and this was definitely the latter. So I was playing with some guys that uh, n- not best buddies in the world, but acquaintances. And we we had we had made a wager going into the round, and we were we were playing golf. I mean, even to the point where a guy had to re-tee one time. I mean, he hit a ball in past a white stake, and he re-teed. You know, we were playing golf. And uh, I found myself standing on the 18th tee uh, at plus four. I'm mm. uh, I'm about to shoot the best round of my life. If I make par on 18, I'm gonna card a 76 on a wow. tough course. That's amazing. 
And uh, I, uh, I look at the guys I'm playing with, and I said, you know, we had been – I had already won all the bets. I mean, I had closed everyone out. It was done. I mean, it was over. I won the money. And I looked at the guys. I said, you know, if I can get a good drive here uh, – and this is not a driver hole. This is a – got to hit it about 215, 220 off the tee, and then you got to carry some water. I said, if I hit a good tee shot here, I'm going um, to shoot the best score of my life. And uh, it was about – 15 seconds after uttering those words that I topped the ball <laughs> and it never got more than six inches off the ground. Oh no. And uh, I rolled out there about a hundred yards and uh, I, I get to the ball and, and now I have a choice. So this is, this is a, uh, they call it an Island hole. I would argue it's not really an Island hole, but it's a, it's a green that's surrounded on three sides by water and it's relatively small. Is that a peninsula and, or an isthmus? Yeah, It's a, it's a penis insula. <laughs> And um, I'm, I'm looking at 215 to, to carry the water. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, you know what I ought to do here is I ought to just lay it up no. about 100 yards forward, no. have a wedge in. You always go for it. And, uh, and then uh, all of a sudden the, uh, the Brock Lesnar music started playing. <laughs> and I grabbed my hybrid, my three hybrid, and I've like, I've got this shot. Like I have this shot, and uh, line it up, and I uh, I execute and um, strike the ball solid, and I'm looking at it, and it's moving to the left, and it's moving to the left, and I'm like, oh baby, hang on, and it just kisses the very edge of the island and straight in the water. Mm. So now I'm taking a drop. End up making a double bogey on the hole. I shoot 78, which is you know nothing to be ashamed of. But uh, I've I've I haven't seen a choke that bad when the when the pressure was on. Uh, well, since the Sunday when we Bubba Wallace went into turn one uh, after the pit stop, visibility was very low. Okay, couldn't he couldn't see anything. Could see anything. Well, yeah. When I look at him, I don't see anything either. I just I just see another driver. Man, you got to go for it though. And this story is is not good if you're like, oh, let me just uh, let me just find a nice lob wedge here and just and just lay up a hundred yards at a time. No, you're no, going I, for the green. I left it all on the field. I left it all on the field. But yeah, my uh, my uh, personal best score ever of seventy seven was not touched. So and I knew it. I mean, that's why I had to go for it because if I lay up, I'm going to tie it. And if I make it, I have a chance to beat it, and I got to go for it. Shooting in the seventies. This is the guy who when we played in like 2015 looked like he may have had like a physical disability of some kind out there. And now he's shooting a 77 out on like a legitimate course. I remember that day very well out at Firewheel and I shot a 130. Oh, it was. And it was a very generous 130. <laughs> Hard work pays off. It's not luck. It does. It does. No, it does. Yeah, and and that's that's the message I want all you people to, that are listening to this to leave, live with. If you work hard enough, one day your two best friends may also not take you to the airport well, when you really need them to. When when Tommy gets home and talks to his son, well, first he has to introduce himself because he's been playing golf so much. <laughs> <laughs> but then his son's real proud of his seventy-seven. <laughs> 